Hey beauty, this podcast is a powerful gallery of raw real life stories and the reasons that led these women to reach out to do a boudoir and glamour session and it was created to give voice to my clients, also known as bombshells, to share their beautiful stories as means of inspiration to other women as well. We also talk about body and mind wellness for the modern women with special guests. Welcome to the Bombshell Tells All podcast. I am your host and photographer, Daisy Teixeira, America's number one body image advocate. Hello, Bombshells. We are back. We are back with another episode of the Bombshell Tells All, the show. And today I have a very special friend here. I'm very excited and humbled that she accepted to be here interviewed on the podcast because I know her personally and her story is an inspiration. And I feel very happy that she's also sharing with others in meanings of inspiring others too. Thank you for being here, Diana. You're welcome. I'm super excited. That's amazing. I have met Diana back in 2015. We were introduced by a friend who I had been their wedding photographer at the time. I had the opportunity to photograph her family, and that bond started from there. We both own beard dragons as well and we got into chats about the well-beings of the our beer dragons and of course in so many other talks so we kind of have been in touch with each other for quite a while now and in 2020 Diana reached out for a boudoir session and I got to know her even more personally after that experience she is this beautiful woman who loves to help others and has a glow on her personality. She walks in and she brights up the room, and I love that about her. She is very chill and fun to be with. We can carry into a conversation for hours if we are allowed to. And I'm truly amazed because of her weight loss journey. This is one of the reasons that she wanted to do a boudoir session to celebrate it. And she's going to share with us a little bit about the journey. But before we dig into this subject and many other subjects about her life, of course, I want to thank you again for being here and sharing this with us. And I would love for you, Diana, to give us a little background story about you. Like, tell us a little bit about, about you, where you were born, where you live, if, or anything that you want to share with us. Okay. I was actually born in Washington, D.C. I grew up Gaithersburg, Maryland for, I guess, the first, I think it was five or six years of my life. And then we moved to Damascus, Maryland. So I was in Montgomery County pretty much my whole life. I met my husband in 2012 and moved to Hartford County, which is where I am now. Right now, I work as a pharmacy technician. I'm a certified tech through Mar for the, through the state of Maryland, and I've been there. I've been a pharmacy tech for a little over a year, like a year and a month, and I love it. I love working. You know, kind of pretty. It's kind of like healthcare, just I guess, kind of like a different side of it, where you know, not where they're coming, you know, to get 
to see the doctor or whatever, but we're actually like on the other side where, you know, they bring in their prescriptions from their doctor and they come in and they pick up their prescriptions from us. And we have a bunch of, you know, there's a bunch of regulars that come in. Of course, you know, usually, you know, older people, like we have their, you know, our seniors that come in and we get to know them. So there's a couple people who I see now, of course, not on a daily basis, but probably at least once a month. And it's nice to get to know them and, you know, form that bond, especially, you know, once you get to know their faces, I mean, I remember everybody's name, but, you know, I remember some of them because I see them so much and I feel like they really, it makes them feel good when they come up and you're like, Hey, so-and-so, how are you today? And they're like, Oh, you have a really good memory. You know? So I'm like, Oh, who are you? Like, especially, you know, there's one gentleman that comes in and he usually picks up prescriptions for him and his wife. Sometimes his wife is with him. But there's sometimes where it's just him and I'm like, hi, Mr. So-and-so, who are we picking up for today? Are we picking up for you or, you know, your wife, you know, and I tell him her name and he goes, oh, you have a really good memory. And I was like, sometimes, you know, not all the time because we see so many people throughout the day and, but it's nice to be able, I like helping people. Wonderful. I'm sure they definitely feel connected and happy to come by and knowing that, you know, somebody remembers their name it becomes such a more personable experience for yeah. them for sure and it's such a short time of the day but sometimes you really don't honestly sometimes you don't want to go to the pharmacy you just have to go because it's part of you know you have to be there but it's not like that type of task that you look forward to go i'm like yes i'm waking up this morning i'm going to the pharmacy no, it's not like this. So having somebody there that can brighten up their day, it's definitely helpful, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you also have mentioned that you are married and you have a son. Uh, how long have you been married for now, Diana? So it will be... So our anniversary is October 17th. So we'll be married for... This October will be six years that we've been married. And then we have... I have a son whose birthday is actually this coming Wednesday and he's going to be eight. It's crazy to think about. I don't, I look at him and I'm like, how are you already eight years old? How do I have an eight year old? Like, I feel like no matter how old they get, you're still like, I feel like it was just yesterday that you were like itty bitty. In fact, we were out the other day at a restaurant eating out and one of the couples that was sitting at a table close by to us had a newborn and my son looked at me and he goes, mom, was I that little? And I was like, yeah, buddy, you were that little. And he was like, oh, it's like they can't believe, you know, how little they actually were. Because, of course, they don't remember that. But we do. And I'm like, yeah, well, you were that little. So it was really funny. Wow. I I actually can relate to that. I be, I'm a mom of two. So I have both of my kids. And it's so... I don't know if it, the word is heartbroken or, you know... It feels, it gives you that sense of like, where's time going? I used to have this little baby and now they're so grown up. But at the same time as well, it kind of starts becoming easier to have, you know, uh, kids that are growing and becoming more independent. I feel like I can take them to the park and enjoy being outside with them, then enjoy the, the ride, they enjoy everything about it and just spending time together. So everything is like a different phase, but we definitely miss that baby snuggles for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And let's hope that things go back a little bit 
at least to a sense of normalcy, which is completely understandable too. I mean, if we had a baby, how would we react to it? being a like having a newborn by itself without having a pandemic around? It's kind of already nerve-wracking because you feel worried about a few things like hey uh, the baby's too young maybe we shouldn't be doing this or that and then you know like you add a pandemic on top of it yeah it's kind of scary but you know let's hope that things get better because like you said it's it might be even harder for the parents because they don't have the support yeah i remember Support was everything when I had a newborn, so I could at least like sleep for a little bit yeah. because I, I didn't have a schedule anymore. So kudos for all those new parents out there today. <laughs> all right. Diana, tell me a little bit about your childhood. Any fun facts you can share with us? Probably a couple, actually. I know one that really sticks out. So I grew up in a neighborhood. There was... I mean, we had a few kids in there that ranged from different ages, but for the most part, we were pretty close in age. And usually, you know, Friday nights, because there was no school the next day, it was the weekends. We would come outside, not super late at night, but, you know, of course it's summer. So, or even in the summertime when it starts to get darker later, we'd have to wait a little bit because usually what the sun didn't usually go down until like nine. So... You know, we'd ask our parents some night or sometimes on Fridays, you know, hey, can we go outside? Like we're in the neighborhood, so it's not like we're really going anywhere and we would stay pretty close. I lived in a court, so we would go down into like our court and we would gather up the kids at night and we would go play dark tag or flashlight tag and carry flashlights with us. Or at least whoever was it would have the flashlight so that they could, you know, find us. But we'd have to find places to hide around our neighborhood And of course we had boundaries, you know, hey, we can't go. We have to stay, you know, within, like, you can't go past these two houses or, you know, these houses. We have to stay like in like this area. So we weren't walking the streets, you know, in our, we had lived in a pretty decent sized neighborhood, but it was fun. But we'd also, you know, if it was light out or whatever, you know, we'd play baseball in our court or kickball or hockey we'd rollerblade or if we didn't have rollerblades we'd walk on our feet and play hockey but it was fun that's awesome i i feel like a lot of us have the the privilege to enjoy that moment like when we actually were able to be outdoors more often and have friends and like from the neighborhood and i feel like this is kind of diminishing a little bit of course there's still neighborhoods that well, this will happen, it will happen. However, it's kind of a little bit sad that we don't see this happening as often now. Of course, things have changed. There's like a lot of more people around. And sometimes there's many other factors we have to take into consideration, such as like parents working or, you know, violence. So many other things to take into consideration. And of course, technology kind of became a little bit of that babysitter, that distraction that sometimes parents are not able to spend time with the kids and then they're using it. It is what it is. I mean, we can't be like here parent shaming anybody. That's not the main thing. But I, I like that fact that you had that opportunity to play and engage with friends. And I really hope that what this is something that could become more often again these days. Let's hope for it. It's good to have a cell phone and if that's what you have, but if not, let's give my priority for the relationships with 
with uh, friends around, you know, phone is good, but just for a moment until, you know, you get to see other people. This is something we definitely have to bring into in shining a light upon even like our, our adult lives. Sometimes we kind of get lost into being too long into, into a phone and then we forget, oh, my friend's right there. Let's uh, let's just pay attention on the conversation. So, yeah, thank you for sharing this. It's, it, it seems like it was a fun childhood. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And tell us something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. So I don't remember when my mom taught me, but um, I know how to crochet. Um, I actually probably, she had taught me like a basic like crochet stitch and I basically stuck with that for a while. And then I don't remember if I saw somebody like while we were out, like either, you know, obviously somewhere that someone would bring like their crochet stuff with them. And I think I saw them doing a different stitch that I didn't know. And so I had them show me. So then I picked that up for a little bit. And then I was actually in, we used to have an AC Mora by us, but it recently closed. I think a bunch of them did, if not all of them. But I was walking through the store one day and, you know, sometimes they have where like they sell the yarn and stuff for to crochet or knit. Um, they used to have like little sample papers to take with you or that you could take. And it would have, of course, they never showed like actual like diagrams. It would always be, you know, like the configurations of, you know, do this to do this. And I'm like, okay. So I actually asked one of my friends who knows how to crochet as well. And I sent her a picture of the paper and was like, do you know what stitch this is? And she said, yeah. And so then I just ended up YouTubing it or going on you. Well, I actually Googled it, but then YouTube popped up with a video of how to's. And so I learned how to do a different stitch through YouTube. So, but it's very, I don't do it very often, but it's very relaxing. It's good. I feel like it's good for people who have anxiety, especially like, I feel like anxiety has gotten a lot worse because of the pandemic. Um, I feel like it's been very hard for a lot of people with mental health. And I feel like being able to crochet, it's very relaxing. It takes your mind off of stuff, especially because you kind of have to concentrate on what you're doing. So it's calming. So I definitely like doing it. I don't have a lot of time to do it, but one of my coworkers is actually, she's having her first baby. She's having a little boy. And I think she said she's due in July. So we're all kind of doing a little something or like having like a little, not like a huge party for her at work, but like kind of just a little something. So I was like, I really want to make her something. So I decided to, you know, pick up my crochet hook and start doing it. But like I said, I always forget how calming it is and how relaxing it can be. And I love doing it. So when I have the time to. Wow. I used to do it when I was younger, in my teens. Right. Yes, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. And I feel so sad that I actually forgot how to do it now. <laughs> you know, of course, if you don't practice, you're going to lose that skill. But I'm glad to hear that. I might be getting some tips with you in the future. Sure. It is something that I enjoyed so much doing as well. Uh, you just sit down. You kind of stay with your thoughts and you kind of... You know, especially after you get a technique, you know, you just keep going, keep going. And it's fun to see something being created out of it. So I'm sure your co-worker is going to love it, especially knowing that you took the time 
yeah. out of your day to do something so meaningful. That's awesome. Wow. Tell us a little bit about your guilty pleasures. Okay. So one of them is my biggest one is I like to read. I actually, I don't remember if it was right before COVID hit, but I know it wasn't super long ago, but I, I like to read so much and I go through books really fast. And of course I have a smartphone and I have an iPad and I had downloaded the, I have the iBook app because I have an iPhone. And then I also had downloaded the Kindle app, but then I felt like I was reading so much and I didn't want to put so much. I mean, I use my phone for everything else. I didn't want to like put a huge strain on it with also having books on it and reading all the time. So I actually went out and got a Kindle. I think I have the, what they call the paperweight, I think is what it's called. And I can't even, if I find a really good book and it's really hard to put down, I can probably finish a book in like two or three days if I have enough, if I have enough time to do it. So I definitely like to read. So I also, so I signed up for Kindle Unlimited because I go through books so fast. But that's probably like my biggest, one of my biggest guilty pleasures is reading. I love reading. And of course, you know, yes, I'm still working and I work the least amount of hours, like my least hours that I work, I at least work 30 hours a week, if not more. So having downtime, it's hard, especially, you know, with having a little one around and, but I love to read. If I have time to read, I'll read. That's usually my downtime. If I'm not, if I don't have anything else to do, then I usually have a book in my hand and I'm reading. So I envy you. <laughs> I do. I used to have that type of eagerness. What is the word? I don't even know how to put it into words. Like I used to have these feelings about books when I was younger. I remember like devouring books within like a week. So I was always at the library back and forth, back and forth. And as life got busy, I was like, oh, I noticed that I stopped reading and I felt so sad about it. But at the same time, I had all these priorities that I had to take care of. And this kind of become faded on the way. And I wish, I really, really wish I could go back in there. But these days, I prefer to read. If I have to read something, I will have to do it through an audiobook. That That's like when I have my quote-unquote like time because I'm always like running busy this and there. And if I'm like doing things on the kitchen or driving somewhere, that's when I'm reading pretty much. But I wish I could have like, you know, that downtime where you really sit down and enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. So keep doing it. Yeah. That's awesome. And is that anything that keeps you up at night? Any sort of worries? Sometimes, yes. Especially, you know, with my son. Like I know Daisy knows some people might know in the group, but maybe not. Well, probably not. But my son is type one diabetic. In fact, he's coming up on his two year, I guess they call it a, a diversary or something like that. But but he, you know, was diagnosed almost two years ago with being type one. So there's some nights, especially when he was first diagnosed, where and sleep very well because, you know, you worry and you worry about your kids anyway, but I feel like it was just added worry and stuff. And I guess it varies from day to day on what you worry about at night. Sometimes it could be something, you know, to do with work, just everyday living stuff going through, you know, with the pandemic right now. Although I feel like since we've been in the pandemic for over a year now, 
which is crazy to think about that that worry is starting to get, at least for me anyway, I feel like it's starting to get a little bit better since we've, you know, have been moving forward with stuff. Still worrisome because it's still out there, but at the same time, I'm one of those people that feel like we just need to get on with living and, you know, it's here, it's not going anywhere, but I feel like we just need to get back to life as best as we can. That's correct. And I really hope that this happens as soon as possible. I mean, it is happening already. There's so much that has been changed and moving forward. It's definitely something that all of us look forward to. Can you share with us a defining pivotal moment in your life, Diana? Sure. So I feel like mine for me was, you know, like Daisy had said earlier that I had weight loss surgery. It was two years ago, April 4th. And I took not a lot of consideration, but I feel like, you know, once it actually happened, like me and one of my friends actually met up and, you know, we're talking about stuff and it came up in our discussion. And, you know, because she was thinking about it and we kind of waited back and forth between the both of us. You know, she had asked me, you know, have you ever considered it? And I was like, honestly, no. Of course, it's surgery. So I feel like, you know, with a lot of people, it's not nerve wracking, but it can be scary to think about. So I was a little scared. But, you know, once I first started, you know, the journey of it, you know, and called the office of, you know, the place that I was recommended to. And the surgeon that was, you know, recommended to me, you know, I figured what's the harm in at least going and getting info, seeing, you know, what's involved, what's involved, if insurance would cover any of it, you know, if it did, what insurance requirements were. And I feel like a lot of people that find out, you know, you walk up to people and I'm one of those people that doesn't mind talking about it or saying, you know, you know, I've had people walk up to me and be like, you know, oh, you look so good. Or they'll see like old profile pictures of me on Facebook or something. And they're like, wow, you lost so much weight. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not scared to tell people like, yeah, I had weight loss surgery, but I feel like some people are very not against it, but I feel like a lot of people think that it's the easy way out and it's no way the easy way out. You know, it's a tool that we're given kind of like I feel like the best way to describe it, it's almost like we're handed piece of exercise equipment or something. You know, we still have to do the work to get to where we need to be. It's not like, you know, we still we have to watch what we eat. We're on specific. It's not even a diet. It's a lifestyle change. You have to stick to it. It's not like, oh, yeah, you have to eat this for so long and then you can go back to eating what you were eating before. No, it's hard. I mean, I'll be honest with you, like there's still days where I struggle with it sometimes. It's definitely gotten it's definitely better than what it was before I had surgery. But yeah, I mean, I'm before the pandemic hit, I was going to the gym probably at least two to three days a week. Pandemic hit and gyms were closed. So I don't I feel like if I didn't work where I worked, where I'm we're a busy pharmacy where I am and you know, we probably fill at least a thousand prescriptions. Well, I think my one coworker said she counted, and I think she said one day we filled like 600 and some prescriptions. So we're a heavy foot traffic pharmacy. And I feel like if I wasn't working there and running around like crazy, I don't know if I would have kept my weight off during COVID or not. So it's hard though. You know, you got to put the work in to do it. It's not just, oh, I had weight loss surgery 
you know, you can eat whatever you want, blah, blah, blah. No, nope, doesn't work like that. So it's definitely not the easy way out. It's, it's a lot more work than what people think that it is. And I appreciate that you are sharing this with us because I get approached by many different women and a lot of them, they are actually coming for a boudoir session because they are celebrating a weight loss as well. It's one of the reasons. And they, sometimes they, of course, share with me how they got there. So in the cases where it has been a surgery involved, I feel that is this stigma associated with it, just like you mentioned. So I'm a, I am very appreciative that you are actually sharing this. So, but tell me, tell me a little bit more about the process. So when you decided to do the surgery, what, what type of work did they, did they ask you to do that? It was like any preparation pre-surgery. So can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So like I said, I had to call my insurance company. All insurances are different. My insurance required that, well, a couple of requirements. So I had to have a BMI of, I think I'd have a BMI of 40 or higher to qualify, which I did. My BMI was at a 43. I think I was almost at a 44, which is your total body mass. And so there was that one, that was one requirement. My other requirement was that I had to go through six months of nutritional meetings with a nutritional with a nutritionist. And I don't know if all, you know, weight loss places are this way or not, but the facility that I went through actually went through GBMC and their obesity management weight loss program. And they actually have a nutritionist on site, like through working with them. So, but then my surgeon and one of her other cohort, one of her other surgeons in the practice with her, they actually, it actually might've been her husband. They actually created a program called Nutri. And I think it's just through through their, if you went through GBMC, you got to use it. So you basically, so usually it takes six months, at least six months to do like the beginning parts of the steps to get weight loss surgery. With Nutri, it's done in 12 weeks. So it's what I did. But even though from start to finish, because still my, you know, my health insurance was still saying, you know, I still needed those six months. Well, from the very beginning, from when I had like my first like initial like start with the program I went through till my last appointment. So what we did, it had taken me five months to do everything to get through basically all the stuff that I did. And then so that last month, my surgeon, who's amazing, she was like, she knows how to jump through hoops because she's dealt with insurances plenty of times and multiple different things, multiple insurance companies. And she was like, schedule this one appointment with a nutritionist here. We should be fine. We'll put it through that. You went through your six, you did your six months. We should be fine. Of course, I sat there and was like, okay, fingers crossed. Hopefully this works. Because I was, of course, really worried and anxious that, you know, something's going to happen you know, this isn't going to work. Insurance is going to be a problem. And it wasn't. It went through with flying colors. I was able to get my weight loss surgery. And we actually learned, I think they're, I don't know if they're there yet, but I know in June, the, my surgeon and her other colleague are actually picking up and leaving the practice and they're going to Florida. 
to open up their own or open up. Well, I guess, yeah, to open up like their own practice down there. So, but we're, I'm still friends with her on Facebook and I follow her on Instagram. So I know she's still there if I need her. So it's been interesting, but I'm just super glad that everything worked out. I was able to get it done. I mean, it was scary at first, but it was also something I didn't just jump right into it. Like, you know, there were years that I was fighting back and forth that I tried. I feel like if you name it, I tried it as far as trying to lose weight and it just wasn't happening for me. And so I decided to have I had gastric sleeve surgery was the weight loss surgery that I had. And the only thing I regret was not doing it sooner. And I can tell by, you know, like after when you came by to to look for, you know, the session, I can tell that you had this beautiful, you were proud. You're so proud of all the work that you have done, that you have put into. And I'm proud of you about that too. Thank you. Um, you know, I, I have met the before and after. You are still this beautiful, glowing person, but I can tell that you you have done the work and you were so happy about it. And, you know, the session was like a way of celebration. Yeah. Yes. And thank you for sharing that with us. I'm sure it's going to help many, many other ladies out there. They also had the same question, which is funny because I, I do have people coming by and asking, have you done this uh, session with somebody that has done the surgery? I remember actually sending one of those yeah. ladies to talk to you. And I appreciate that because sometimes they, they're not sure how it's going to be for their session, they are not sure if I'll be able to pose them. And I'm like, don't worry, I have done this before and I will send you somebody that, you know, can can give you a testimony of how it was, Some like a friend that has done a session with me and I know you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. So I think just doing this podcast is also going to be helpful for them. Yeah, I appreciate absolutely. that. Yeah, you're very <laughs> welcome. Yes. Share with us your motto or a favorite quote that you take along in your life. So I feel like my motto right now, and actually I got this motto because, well, I mean, I already, I kind of already had it, but I lost one of my best friends three years ago to ovarian cancer. And I feel like she taught, it taught me a lot. She was like the first person who I had ever lost who was, I mean, besides family, who was super close to me. She was my best friend. And I feel like, you know, she taught me the, I want to say like the best motto in life. And that's to live life to the fullest, you know, to the best that you can, because you never know, like tomorrow's never promised, which, you know, I always knew that, but I feel like now it's even more so, especially after losing her, that, you know, Tomorrow's never guaranteed and I've never been one, you know, yeah, I, you know, I feel like, you know, we always have falling outs with people or stuff happens, but I've never been one to hold grudges against anybody because of that motto. Tomorrow's never promised. And I feel like if you stay mad at somebody for too long, that you might never have that chance again to at least either try to reconcile stuff or work through it. And then I feel like you're stuck with that regret for the rest of your life because they're not here to make that amends with. So, I mean, you might not ever be fully back to where you were with that person, but at least in my eyes, like you've at least tried in some way or at least, you know, said, 
you know, hey, I'm sorry for what happened, whatever. But yeah, tomorrow's never promised. It's my motto. Tomorrow's never promised. Yes, I I feel it feels such a beautiful message right in there because we sometimes we forget that such feelings as love is compassion, kindness, they take us a long way. And just by keeping, if you have some sort of um, grunge, um, something that happened in between yourself and and somebody, let's think about it. Like, is it worth it? Is it going to make you grow by staying mad at that person? Sometimes something so simple, but for some reason, we cannot get ourselves together to think, hey, it's not worth it. You know, there's so many other bigger problems out there. And this actually define who we are as well, because if we keep holding that grunge inside of us, where do you leave space for other beautiful feelings, such as happiness? I mean, you're, you're holding space, you know, from something that could be better, that make you, you be a better person. And I love that motto because I myself believe that we have to be the best we can right now. Because even though I don't know what is your belief, but in my point of view and based on the my I would say my awakening experience, which I have done a podcast about that um, in the past. But I know that whatever you cultivate here, the person that you cultivate here is the same person that is still going to be when you're not alive anymore, when your body is not alive anymore, because we keep going. We just don't have a physical touching body. And and that's why sometimes we just, we think that we're not going to see each other, but we will. We will see still each other. So can you imagine if you're like holding a grunge with somebody and then you guys meet each other in heaven and they're like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and trust me, that happens a lot. So let's try to get all, anything you can, at least like that is on your power because you cannot control what other people think. But... Try to get it resolved while you're here, while you have the chance, because tomorrow is not promised. And, you know, anything that you don't solve here, it's going to carry on with you after life as well. And I want to talk a little bit about your experience with doing a boudoir session. I loved that you came to me to do the session. I had a, such a fun time, an amazing time. Uh, it, it was to me, it was very special. Very, very special that you trust me on that. I want to know from you, what is the takeaway from your session? So first of all, why did you decide to do a boudoir session? What is your main, main reason? I guess my main reason that I wanted to do it was because, you know, I had lost so much weight and I wanted to do something for myself because I felt, not that I didn't feel good about myself before I had surgery, but it definitely boosted my self-esteem. And so I just wanted to do something fun and for me. So I decided, you know, to contact you and it was a lot of fun. I'm glad that I did it. Me too. I For me, it was very fun. Uh, I remember like we doing the pose together. Anytime I do this now, even more, but anytime I do this, I feel like we're doing like a, a girl's friend's day where you know, I'm I'm helping and imposing you. I see people more as friends than yeah. really clients, which is kind of even better because in my view, I want to also feel 
into that moment, you know, and with you was actually special because, you know, we know we knew each other way before all of that happened. So I'm so glad we did it. And what was your favorite part of the session or the experience? My favorite part of the session? I don't know. We just had fun. Like I know there was a couple of times where we got, you know, the giggles like most girls do. But, you know, when I first came in, I was, you know, nervous about it. But once we got in there and started actually like into the photo shoot, it was, I don't want to, like it was, to me, it was relaxing. Like you said, it was just, you know, like, you know, girl, like us two girls just hanging out for the day and, you know, just taking photos. It was a lot of fun. I know there was one point during my session that I don't remember what had happened, but I know me and you just started giggling, this, you know, full on laughing. And it was a lot of fun, though. So, yeah. I think that was one of your pictures that you picked for your canvas, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love it because you have such a beautiful and genuine smile in it. And you, you look at this picture and you wonder, like, what is she laughing about? I don't even remember what we said at that moment. I don't remember anymore, but it was the right picture at the right time. Absolutely. And you actually picked it for your canvas. And I'm like, yes, one of my favorites too. (laughs) Okay. And now that you have officially become a bombshell after your session, tell me with your own words, what the bombshell word means to you? The word bombshell to me means beautiful inside and out. I love that. Simple and short and very concise. And it's just beautiful inside and out. And that's what I tell people. Like, all of us, we are bombshells. Just give yourself a chance. Yeah. You know, sometimes people keep holding for whatever reason. Like, don't wait on the tomorrow. You you have that inside of you. By being a bombshell, not necessarily means that you have to do a photo shoot. It is... Super fun. I recommend for everyone. But being a bombshell also means like enjoying life. And by enjoying, don't think like you have to go and jump out of an airplane and do like all those crazy things that might take like put your your life into risk. I mean, everyone is everyone like you're going to do what you're going to do. But I'm talking about enjoy the simple moments in life and be kind. Look at another woman and compliment that, you know, her hair or whatever you see that kind of cuts up your eyes or smile. This is what being a bombshell is. It's like actually spreading that beauty inside of you and sharing with others. And as you know, I do have a bombshell wall here and Diana is actually my second bombshell on the wall. And I feel so proud of her because it was right when I was finally starting to do more of the sessions and she came out to me. I'm like, I want to do your picture. I want to do like the bombshell picture. And I'm glad that I have started right at that moment when you walked in here because I was already doing sessions before, but I wasn't like taking those. But now I have you on my wall. So every time I walk there, I'm like, yes, that's my girl. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. And what was your number one takeaway from that experience? I would say like your self-confidence, self-worth, self-image. What would you take like as the highlight of that session? Definitely my self-confidence. Not that I didn't have it before coming in, but I feel like it definitely helped boost it a little bit more. I mean, from as far as I can remember, 
you know, back from, you know, being not super young, but probably like like hitting adolescence as a girl, my self-confidence wasn't always the greatest. So, but I feel like doing something like this definitely. And I feel as you are ready to, sometimes we need to go through all those phases in our lives. We are not born a confident person. It's something that builds up within our experiences, with everything that happens around us, even like by by seeing other women. That's how we build our confidence. And I can tell pretty much a lot of teenagers, sometimes they don't have that just from the beginning. But when you feel ready, you know, that's when you have to take the step. Sometimes I, that's why I ask a question for everyone that comes to look for a session with me. I ask, what would you like to do a session? Because I want to understand the reasons and see if I can definitely help them or not, because some people are just not ready. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. In a few words, if you could go back and talk to your past self, what advice would you give yourself? Probably to follow my gut instincts. I've definitely learned for the most part, your gut usually isn't wrong. It might be, but it's usually my motto right now is just to follow your gut. Usually gives you, pretty, um, for the most part, usually pretty spot on. Probably because you listen to your guts, you kind of become more strong on that sense. So sometimes, this is important to mention here, because sometimes you don't listen to it. And then you learn the, the hard way that, you know, you should have listened and, you know, you start kind of becoming a little bit scared of even thinking, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this. No, but if you actually do this constantly, it kind of, be it's like a spider sense. It starts becoming stronger and stronger. I like that advice. <laughs> and as we walk towards the end of our interview, as you know, we have the crown forward question. So I had my previous guest, Bailey, asking you a question. And what Bailey wants to know from you, what do you love most about yourself? Probably just how far I've come within, I want to say, you know, how far I've come in the past two years, plus some. I feel like, you know, over the years, I've grown a lot. And I don't want to say like, I've not that I don't, I've learned not to care so much. That's not me. I'm a very caring person, but I guess I try not, I mean, I still stress out, but I try not to stress out over, especially stuff that I don't necessarily have control over. I try not to. So, yeah. Okay. It's a journey. And as long as you are watching the ride and learning from it, that's always what makes it worth it because you look at your best self and you see that little girl that used to be scared of things and wasn't confident enough and couldn't speak up for herself. And now you, you see like this beautiful woman that wished that could carry this little girl and tell her, you'll be okay. Yeah. You'll be fine. You know, so it's a beautiful journey and we have to, to enjoy that ride in there. So I'm proud of you too. Just know that. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Diana, now is your turn. What would you like to know for our future bombshell that will be interviewed? What is your greatest achievement in your life so far? I love that. Love it, love it, love it. Okay, so I'll be making sure to be asking that question forward. And I would love to say thank you from the bottom of my heart 
Thank you for being here. Thank you for doing this beautiful interview and sharing your life story, which is very, very inspiring. And I know we're going to see each other very soon again. And I'm very excited for that. And other than that, do you have any, any considerations, anything you want to say before we finish? Not really. Just, you know, thank you for having me and for the opportunity and being such a joy to work with during the photo shoot. You made it very easy and very comfortable. And it was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. I'm the one that who, who feels honored here. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, Bombshells, thank you for listening, and we'll see you again in the next episode of The Bombshell Tells All, the show. Stay happy and stay safe. Ladies, thank you for listening to today's podcast. Please don't forget to share the positivity and love with your friends by subscribing and sharing this message so we can continue producing more content for you. And remember... Self-love starts within. I am your host and photographer, Daisy Teixeira, with The Bombshell Tells All, The Show. <laughs>